welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's word with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and this month we are discussing the roles women play in our culture and the worth of women. Last week, my daughters were on the show, and now this week, because Mother's Day was this month, it is my sons here with me today as we pause to celebrate the relationship between moms and sons. And the scripture for this episode is taken from 2 Timothy 1.5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Boys, it's so great to have you on the show. It's good to be here, Chuck. Who is Chuck? (laughs) (laughs) It's good good to be here. So I have to tell you, you know, between, uh, this is going to be a different show, y'all, okay? My girls were pretty tame, and this is getting a little wild here, but I think, isn't there a book called Boys Are Wild at Heart or something? I have a book called Wild at Heart, and it's about, yeah, it's about boys, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I remember vividly when I hoped to have a son. And before my son Daniel was born, God spoke to me that I would have a son and he would play guitar. And this is legit, a true story. And then later when I felt like I was supposed to have another son, God spoke to me again and told me my son had already been born. And I had to go get him from Russia. It was a long trip. (laughs) But, But boys, I love you both so much. And I thank God for you. Yes, we're very thankful for you too, mommy. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. So one of the things I felt as a mom of boys was that I wanted to have a close relationship with you. And, you know, it seems funny, but sometimes I think moms, you feel like you're supposed to be, you're the mom, but your boys kind of, they're different. And so mm-hmm. there's like this chasm and I didn't want that. I wanted to be a part of your lives. And so for me, this meant home education where I could be together with you a lot, but I also wanted to be involved in different organizations with you where, you know, you could be independent. You could be a part of baseball, Teen Pact, CYT. You know, we did a homeschool co-op, a whole bunch of stuff, but I wanted to be a part of it. And I think sometimes we feel like, okay, it's fathers and sons and mothers and daughters. Uh, did you ever feel that growing up? Um, I, I think I saw that uh, sort of that dynamic in culture and in other families, but I don't think I felt it that much in our family as if there was like a great rift between the boys of the house and the girls of the house. It was just sort of like we all just, we all got along and we all, I don't know, it didn't really feel like there was the girly, girly stuff and then there was, you know, the stuff for the boys. It felt pretty, I don't know, it felt pretty even. <laughs> Well, and I think too, Abigail was a little bit more tomboyish. And so she liked doing the boy things, you know, and she would go, and I love the boy things. Yes. So, you know, whether it was throwing a baseball or, you know, whatever. So I think that kind and then of this isn't, balances out. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And then this isn't even to, uh, you know, expose anything. But because I did have a lot of sisters, a lot of my toys were the the male Polly Pockets that the girls didn't want. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say you didn't buy me boy toys, you did, but I yeah, I played with those a lot as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember getting you that prize baseball bat. You know, there was different things, and of course, oh, yeah, you loved yeah. knives. Uh, we, as we all know, you love knives a little bit too much. But uh, I don't know mm-hmm. that we'll go here. <laughs> you should tell. Yeah, you should, uh, to that. you should. You should tell 
tell them about the story. Oh, you're going to love this gift. Which and it gift? wasn't the gift that I think he was expecting. Oh, oh. <laughs> we are. We're getting sidetracked. <laughs> we are getting sidetracked. Well, we might, we, we'll let you guys do that in a few minutes. But so some of my fondest memories were of watching you play baseball, Daniel, uh, with me shouting on the sideline. And you and I always made eye contact. And it was this thing we knew, like, I was rooting for you and you were going to smash that ball. <laughs> yes. Watching you lead worship, singing, playing guitar, mm-hmm. or being in play productions. So those are my favorite memories. Daniel, what was your fondest memory growing up or the thing you're most thankful for in our relationship? Yeah, so this is actually kind of cool. It, um, whenever I think about my childhood, the biggest thing that I'm thankful for. And like all my friends know this because I talk about it a lot actually, but is um, homeschooling. I'm so, so glad that I was homeschooled. I I just think about um, how it's literally shaped me to be the person that I am today. But like as a kid, I had the, the freedom to sort of sculpt my own schedule and get things done how I wanted to get them done. You'd wanna, you want us to be up at a certain time in the morning, but I could choose to wake up even earlier than that and have stuff done by all my homework done by like 10 a.m. Then I could have the rest of the day to do whatever I wanted. So I, I think um, one of the biggest things I'm thankful for is the time management skills that uh, homeschooling uh, gave to me, honestly. And it, it really taught me uh, how to work hard and how to be a good steward of uh, what's in front of me. Wow. Well, you know, I have to tell you, I think you acquired a lot of that on your own because (laughs) I I did have a schedule and we know that that schedule kept changing. I'd put on the fridge. This is our schedule now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We're going to get these things done. But there was some autonomy, which was good. I do think that did teach you to structure your time because you could have perks. Like you said, Mm -hmm. if you got things done. But I I think, too, in college, you know, there was the rude awakening to, oh, man, you know, I've got to structure my time or I'm going to be in trouble (laughs) with my time. Yeah. And now I'm sort of like in my friend groups known as like the one who has like the daily routine. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. Whenever like they text me, I'm like, oh, what are you up to? They're like, I don't know. And I'm like, you don't know. (laughs) I have... I know what I'm doing for every hour for the next <laughs> until 6 p.m. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely thankful I see for that. Samuel doing that now too. He's uh, got his own little side business now um, with his mm-hmm. website design, which he did your website, which is really cool. Yes. But you know, Sam, some memories I have of you um, when we first adopted you. And of course, there was the language barrier. But I remember being in our backyard and we decided just to sing a worship song and it was the song Amazing Grace. And you don't remember this likely, but here you couldn't speak our language, but you lifted up your hands and you worshiped. And it, that is a moment that I will never forget. Um, also watching you um, as you orchestrated the lighting for you know, concerts and different events with me, you took it so seriously. You're just such a consummate professional. And so those are memories that I have just watching both of you, how you both have this, this drive and this intensity with what God has placed on your heart. And that's been really neat for me to see. How about you, Sam? What's your fondest memory growing up or what was the most valuable thing that you learned? Well, I, I guess I used to like cooking with you a lot. Um, doing art, I don't think you were the most uh, 
<laughs> personally, I did art with, um, unless it was stick figures. I bought you the supplies, yeah. And then yeah. I was like, please go, because I can't do it. Um, then we used to go skiing, I guess, every year. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And then recently doing Boy Scouts and then the co-op. Um, I think the one thing I learned most from you is dedication. Uh, you don't do anything halfway. You want to do things in excellent and your and your motivation is to do so everything for God's glory. Oh, amen. Well, you know, uh, I see that in you guys too. I mean, uh, Daniel, you haven't seen Sam lately, but he's, he's very much like you. You guys have this drive and he goes, uh, and he even has his own staff meetings <laughs> uh, with his other guy who does wow. with I know, and he's got Actually, it all three planned. Three guys. Yeah. He's growing his team. <laughs> Actually, funny, uh, ironically enough, on that note, I actually brought uh, an assistant onto my team this last week for the YouTube channel. Wow, how cool is that? Yeah, so basically every every week I, I give them uh, responsibilities. It has to do with usually researching what tags to be using on the videos, researching the titles, designing um, some like templates and stuff for me. And then every Sunday we FaceTime and they have to propose three videos to me with all the tags, titles, and it's, it's really, really cool. It's working really well. Oh, that's so awesome. And so I also have been developing my team again. So I can see where we're all like each other, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, and you know, too, as a mom, I want to speak <laughs> to those moms out there also. Wow. Uh, that my biggest desire for both of you as a mom was that you would fiercely love Jesus and live mm-hmm. differently than this culture. And you both remember those emotional moments that I'd have when I would see worldliness creeping in and realizing I had to step in and point you guys to Christ. And uh, it was hard, but I will cherish forever the times we all home educated together, even when it was hard, sticking to a schedule was sometimes difficult, especially when our lives were flipped upside down. But I guess I want to speak to the moms out there with sons um, that, you know, uh, don't be afraid to let your sons figure out their calling. I think at times I felt Mm. like I wanted to point you guys in certain directions, but then I really wanted to back off and see what God inspired in you. And that's been really neat to see as I've taken a step back. Yeah, I actually, I think that's awesome. Um, I can especially relate to that. And I think I'm really thankful that there are times where you let me do what I thought I needed to do and just sort of gave me space to figure that out. Like I went through a bunch of seasons of, you know, I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player for the longest time before the issues with my shoulder. And then I 100% thought it was going to be acting. Like before anything was singing, I thought I was going to be acting. And I like was signing up for these websites to like submit auditions. Um, and you're just very supportive. And they're just like, even if you didn't think that's what I was supposed to do, um, you let me figure that out. And I think, I think that's so important to have, uh, to have parents who allow you to figure it out for yourself. Because if you're just told no all the time, you're not going to believe it for yourself until you've actually gotten to try it. And um yeah, I feel like I was always given the benefit of the doubt and I got to try things until I realized it's not what I wanted to do. Mm. Instead of just being told no. That's so good. And I think, you know, also for moms listening, I mean, there were times it was so scary because, you know, oh, wait, am I being crazy? Like saying, sure, go for it. <laughs> but yeah. 
when you see these skills and gifts in your kids, it's like you want them to cultivate and, and know for sure. Because I didn't want them to regret later on saying, I wish I had tried this or that. You know, um, I wanted mm-hmm. them to try everything their heart was passionate for within reason. And, you know, if it was something bad, of course, I would have been like, no. <laughs> but there's a yeah. lot of freedom, a lot of freedom in calling. So, all right, I'm going to turn the tables over to you guys, Daniel. I'll uh, start with you. If there's something you want to ask me. I'm growing up. A whole, I've been growing up a whole lot recently. I mean, it was one thing when I like became independent and sort of moved out and lived in co- a couple different uh, apartments around my college. But now I just moved states and now I, I live in Nashville now. And, um, you know, I mean, everything I pay for, I pay for myself. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I guess sort of as I'm becoming a young adult, it's it'd be interesting to see your perspective on like if you could go back and redo your young adulthood, what would be something that you would have done differently or changed or maybe what was something you could have told yourself as a young adult? Yeah, uh, you know, when I, I came to know Christ when I was 19. And mm-hmm. so that was a huge shift from being this college student, paying for my own way in college, you know, um, from age 19, living on my own and not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. But when I came to know Christ, there were, the world was suddenly opened up to me in a way of, well, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And I think looking back, I wish I had taken more risks. You know, I wish I knew then what I know now. Uh, there's, such a fear of man I had back then, worried about what people would think. And, and I've, I've learned from you in that, Daniel, um, how when you were Vine famous with, I don't know, 90,000 people uh, following you and you would have haters. And even though it was hard, you really learned how to handle that. It matured you. Um, you know, even though a mom doesn't want to see her son go through that, um, you learned how to navigate that. And it it was helpful, I think, for you to say, I'm going to pursue what I want to do. Um, but, you know, there were times where I thought about going on a mission trip or, man, wouldn't it be great to go to Nice, France? You know, I've got a French background. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go there. And those were things I never did. And though I see God opening doors now for me to do things that I, you know, are uncomfortable because you can get comfortable and just not want to do things that are unsafe, you know, and I think, a lot of my life, yeah. I worried so much about being safe that I may have missed some great opportunities, but I know God still uses that. But I, I would say that was one thing I wish I would have done differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it resonates with me a lot right now. I kind of like I'm in a season right now where I have more freedom than ever. I, I can and um, I've been, you know, saving money and I've been responsible with it. And, uh, yeah, so I think I'll, I'll be taking, I'll be doing some <laughs> kind of out there things soon. I think I told you about that, but how I, uh, I'm learning Spanish right now. And then I have a trip planned to go to Colombia with uh, one of my good friends for just a week of just immersion where we're only going to speak Spanish. So I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Wow. That's awesome. So Sam, how about you? Do you have any questions for me? <laughs> this uh, is your moment. <laughs> um, drum roll. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> yes. Um, why, what made you want to adopt? Well, I always wanted to adopt. There was something in my heart that said, I just, I want to adopt one. 
And I knew I wanted to have a son again. And I knew if I got pregnant again, I'd probably die. (laughs) So (laughs) I said, you know, I'm high risk. I really want to adopt a a child. And, And I woke up one morning and the Lord just whispered to my soul, your son has been born. And there's been a few times in my life when I know God spoke to me and that was one of them. I didn't know where, I didn't know how, what. And the next few months I was scrambling to find out where. And uh, it was it was truly a hard experience. I'm just going to be real with y'all. Uh, they say it can take three years. I did it all in eight months. I was booking it to try to get that paperwork done because I didn't want him there one more day longer than he had to be. Mm-hmm. And then Russia changed the law three times and... You know, we'd go there and I, I offered to clean uh, someone's house and buy all the groceries and do all the cooking just to be able to stay somewhere so we wouldn't have to travel back and forth so I could see him more often in the orphanage. And so I think, you know, I just knew God had me to do that. I knew you were supposed to be my son. And so, um, yeah, y'all have any other questions? Uh, oh, I mean... I would just encourage more people to think about homeschooling. Because, mm. I mean, I, I agree that it's not a fit for everybody. Um, but um, down the road, your child may be really thankful for it. And uh, you could uh, have much more of an impact on their life just by deciding to do each day with them and educate them. And, yeah, I know kids can be a pain, and that's why I don't want to have a whole bunch coming from a big family. <laughs> I really don't, but, <laughs> but also think about, uh, who's going to be the biggest, uh, presence in your kid's life. Who's the biggest influence if it's not you. Mm. And do you trust that influence? And, you know, sinners are raising sinners. And so a lot of times disciplining you guys and trying to get you guys to become people of character was disciplining me because it was hard to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, moms, I want to encourage you, God keeps his promises. When your life seems Mm -hmm. beyond repair, God is still working. His promises are yes and amen. And just a few scriptures here as we close. Proverbs 22, 6 is such an encouraging verse to me. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, God has taken what was the ruins of our family And he was and is a father to the fatherless. As it says in Psalm 68, 5, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. And I would add single moms too. Maybe you're listening and you have boys running around the home, running around like Indians. (laughs) And you just wonder, how can I do this? God will lead you. But the most important thing you can do is be in your word. Uh, I used to give my kids devotionals. I talked about that on the podcast episode with my daughters. Uh, And sometimes they would do them, sometimes they wouldn't. But I was going to do everything I could to surround them. You know, we're going to study the Bible. We're going to go to church every Sunday. We're going to serve on the worship team. These things help to influence your sons uh, because the world is influencing every day, every moment, social media, TV, and we've got to counter that. Finally, in 3 John 1, 4, it reflects how my soul feels. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. 
God will bring it to pass. There are no perfect parents here on earth or perfect children, but the word of God is a difference in the equation of parents and children. Boys, do you know that I have no greater joy than being your mom? Mm-hmm. And you just ate something, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm starving. <laughs> You're starving, you poor thing. <laughs> it's another thing. Boys do eat a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, uh, you guys... Thank you for being on here. And uh, next week, we're going to hear from the authors of Worthy by Elise Fitzpatrick and Eric Shoemaker. The raw truth is that moms are the first influence our sons meet. Don't give that influence away as they get older. The radical grace is God will fulfill his promises even when we fall short. And the real hope is when we raise our children in the word of God, our children will grow up to be like Jesus, not us. Isn't that good news? A lot of times we want to, we think we want our kids to be just like us. No, we want them to be better than us. We want them to be like Jesus. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. (laughs) 